So, um, somebody requested me to speak about some of the benefits of meditation and uh, specifically about how it can perhaps help a person to make better choices in life. So, just a reminder before we start that if you do have something that you'd like to hear about, you have a specific question or a subject that you'd like to hear about, don't be shy. You can reach out to us on uh, Mantra Night Facebook, on my own Facebook, or here in person and just um, submit it and we'll try and, and address it. So we've talked many times about how wherever you find yourself at any point in life, that what you are experiencing is more often than not the result of choices that you've made and actions that you've taken as a result of those choices. One of the difficult things with life is that if we do not really have control of our mind and emotions and desires, then we will tend to become victimized by them. We will feel compelled to act in different ways, often with a hope that it will somehow make my life better or that I will become happy. And of course, one of the things that people don't recognize, one of the wonderful teachings of the ancient yoga and the spiritual system of yoga is that there can, one can experience something that may in the beginning taste like nectar and in the end become as bitter as poison. And that's kind of like, whoa, that's pretty startling. You know, we have this rather naive assumption that if it's all feeling good for me right now, therefore it is okay and it's always going to be that way. <laughs> Whereas things have a tendency to veer off track and what we had hoped for or planned for, they may all turn to crap, as they say. And I think so many of us have experienced that in, in our life. The process of, of meditation, while it does have the effect of calming the mind, and in that state, a person being able to feel more stability and, and less anxiety 
and a little more happiness. This is actually just a minor or side benefit. There are other things that are far more spectacular in reality, although they don't, it's not going to necessarily be a big rush. Some of these things are kind of quiet and slow and powerful that kind of begin to affect us over time. One of the effects of meditation is that it will actually sharpen your intelligence. Now, when I use this word intelligence, in the Vedic sense, it's completely different to the way people use it in the Western world. In Sanskrit, this is called buddhi. And it doesn't speak to IQ levels or the ability to solve mathematical problems or anything like that. It is solely measured upon one's ability to step back from the workings of the body and mind and to more easily or more deeply perceive the reality of their spiritual being and begin to consider questions. Is this really in my eternal interests to go down this pathway, to engage in this way? And, and one of the things it really addresses or speaks to or empowers a person to not be swept away by their emotions. Just because your mind is reacting in a certain way to something and, and you are having, you know, this an experience of being fearful, angry, envious or jealous, lustful, greedy, you know, just because that's coming over you and deeply influencing your mind, it doesn't mean that you should follow it. It doesn't mean that you need to go with it. But, you know, we live in this unfortunate time where we are deeply conditioned by these ideas through the medium of advertising and now with social media and AI, the way it functions, where you are really encouraged to just give in to whatever's going on in your mind, because that's the perfect consumer. You can be taken advantage of more easily if you just don't exercise discretion. Don't, you know, we hear this term of, of, you know, instant gratification or delayed gratification. And everybody still speaks about, at least authorities in, in the medical field and the field of psychology, that when you learn to delay gratification, don't act impulsively and just chase something down, you will fundamentally have a better quality of life. Problem is that's in sharp contrast to what, you know, you're getting bombarded with the messaging every day. Just go for it. I, I can remember Pizza Hut years ago, decades ago. They had, they had a jingle and it was like, let yourself go. Let yourself go to Pizza Hut. 
And, and that's exactly the idea. Just let yourself go. Anything that sweeps over you, just go for it. And, and the messaging attached to that is you will become happy. And of course, it's absolutely not true. And so by the practice of meditation, even without you being aware of it, there will be this strengthening of this faculty known as buddhi or intelligence that will give you an increasingly um, powerful ability to not just be swept away by things. That if you are overwhelmed with a rush of emotion or, or whatever it is, positive or negative, you're going to be able to step back from that, disengage from the workings of the mind and actually begin to look at it. Should I actually be fearful of this? Should I actually be fearful? I was uh, a friend that I've been helping for some time. She expressed to me because she had been a victim of, of uh, sexual abuse within the family. And, um, and, and, and the mother was a facilitator. And um, she had been in jail for some time, but now this person learned that the mother was getting out of jail. And she was immediately filled with fearfulness. And so when I spoke to her, I said, you know, you've got to think about things. You're not that little child anymore. You actually have more power than you think. Number one, that person is not allowed to approach you or come anywhere near you. And if they do, all you've got to do is put your hand up and they're going right back to jail. And that's a lot of power that you have there. And I, I spoke to her at some length about how, you know, when you, um, you need to really be able to step back from the mind and look at things with some clarity and you will feel a lot more secure in, in the <clears throat> work that we do in the prisons. You see it with a lot of people who really struggle with often a lifetime of abuse, being abused in many different ways, and then later engaging in criminal activity and offending. And they become overwhelmed with, with shame. And some of them contemplate suicide. And what you notice, we do these, run these like 10 week courses. And the guys tell us that, you know, since I've been doing this meditation, I don't know why, but I'm a lot more accepting of my past and things I have done. And I feel a lot more hopeful for the, for the future. And, and it's been, I've been struggling with this within the prison system and, and having counseling for over 10 years. But now all of a sudden I feel like I'm more able to do that. And they don't know why it's happening. Well, I, I, I know why it's happening. There's going to be a two, two main things going on. One is this sharpening of this buddhi, this faculty that we all have. We all have this faculty. The main problem is 
we're not really trained to use it. We're not trained to, to listen to it. We're not trained to seek more control over our emotions and over our life. When, when a, you begin to have this increasingly enhanced and sharpened intelligence, it will often end up giving you insights. I, I was listening to a, um, an interview with a, a guy that's like one of these, he runs a few couple of billion dollar hedge fund, big investor, really well known. And he was giving all the tips for how, how to invest money. And then right at the end of it, and he goes, but one of the really important things, you've got to learn how to meditate. <laughs> he says, every day I do this and I just get away from all of this stuff and I just engage in this process of meditation because it really does bless you with an ability, not consistently and all the time, but in, sometimes in flashes, to, to see things in a way that you weren't seeing them previously. And this is, this is a fact, this is a reality, that as we go through life and we're confronted with decisions to be made, we're confronted with things that have to be, you know, we, we have to make choices. And sometimes we become insecure about that or we're driven wrongly just by some urge or desire or thought. And the process of meditation will make it, you know, people have these kind of experiences where they just are overwhelmed with some gigantic problem, a huge financial crisis maybe or an interpersonal or relationship crisis or something. And, and while you're just constantly hammering your mind, trying to think your way through it, it often doesn't produce anything other than apprehension and fearfulness and anxiety. And whereas sometimes people find they, they go away and they engage in their daily meditation practice. And then at some point during the day, suddenly, and something just comes to them and they see a way through things. So this is not uncommon um, for a person to experience as a result of, of, of meditation. The other thing that people are, are often unaware of, that the source of, of actual inspiration and, and clarity of vision. And I'm not talking about petty things, I'm talking about the, the big things in life. It actually arises from within our own heart. So in Sanskrit, there is this word, Chaitya Guru, which means the guru within or the guide within. And what it is speaking to is this aspect of this greater and higher power as it's often addressed in, in any of the 12-step AA programs. 
You know, people may conceive of this in different ways, but it is understood in the yoga system. It is called the Paramatma, which means the Supreme Soul. And in the process of meditation, even without endeavoring for this, there will be an increasing and growing connection to this Chaitya Guru, this internal guide, who is not us. It is actually an internal guide. And for the very advanced transcendentalists, they come to establish a form of of intimate connection that results in tremendously overwhelming and ecstatic experiences. But it is from this source that one can derive awesome realization, awesome ways of, of looking at things that can really permanently change your, your course in life. It reminds me of this, uh, right now I'm working with my friend over here, he's a Kiwi guy from Hawaii. We're working on a documentary. Um, we're covering the alcohol and other drug treatment court where they deal with um, people that are they're persistently engaged in criminal activity and it's often driven by an underlying addiction to alcohol or other forms of drugs. And so when you put somebody in jail, they just get out and continue with the same thing again. Put them back in jail, they just get out and do the same thing. And so they seek to address the underlying problem. And so a lot of it involves treatments. And so we've been visiting a lot of treatment centers. And of course, the serenity prayer that we've spoken of before, that this prayer to please grant me the serenity to accept that which I cannot change, the courage to change that which I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So these three qualities of of serenity, courage, and wisdom are actually a product of this process of meditation. And whether it's coming from a sharpened intelligence, which gives you the ability to see everything with so much more clarity and not to be swept away, or whether it is this inspiration from this internal guide, this Chaitya Guru. The process of meditation delivers most extraordinary and wonderful benefits. But I can tell everyone that with very, very few rare exceptions, it means developing a consistent personal practice, starting with that which you can do reasonably easily 
and be able to do it consistently. And of course, the first few days of a meditation practice or a week or two, it's just like, oh, this is so cool. I just love this, you know, whether I'm doing it on my own or as part of a guided meditation that I'm following. And then a little bit later, things start to change. And then all of a sudden, I'm so busy and, okay, I won't do it today. And then, of course, the next day is, okay, I forgot yesterday. I don't have time today. I'll, I'll catch up tomorrow. And soon it starts becoming spotty, you know, a few days on, a few days off. And then the amount of time that you don't do it tends to grow. And after a while, you live in your life and you're all busy and suddenly everything's crapping out on you or you're feeling lonely or whatever. And you're thinking, oh, why did I stop? The need to consistently practice daily, even if it is for a limited time, is like critically important, critically important. And then over time to seek to improve the quality of your meditation practice. It's not a quantitative thing, it's a qualitative thing. In my own life, I was asked by my spiritual teacher to practice for about an hour and a half as a minimum every day. I was living that time as a monk. It was a pretty relatively easy thing to do in that environment. It gets a little bit more difficult when you're working or maintaining families, but it's something that I've consistently done. And it is, it is absolutely transformed my life and made it so that you see things differently. You experience different types of things that you don't experience in conventional, regular life. And it produces the most amazing and wonderful fruits. So, um, whether you understand the process, meaning uh, technically what's happening or why things are happening, it doesn't matter. You don't need to understand. And, and the things that we talk about are quite general and we sort of you know, move over them quite quickly. But there is actually a tremendously detailed process that's having a lot of different effects and ramifications. Okay, so that's all I got to say tonight, I think. Anybody have a question? I really, really encourage you guys to, you know, uh, those that already have a practice to become really more resolved to really stay with it and to deepen that practice over time. And for those who have not yet started or those who have started and do it sometimes on, sometimes off to really endeavor to try and build a consistent personal practice. And for those who have not started, we have tools online like teaching different types of meditation and some guided meditation. Some of them are only 
15 or 20 minutes long or 30 minutes long that you might find to be very helpful to, to um, build a practice to. Okay, we good? So I had a request to do a chant that I don't normally do. So I got to get my daughter to help me out. Isilika. <laughs> You're just going to sit on the floor? Anyway, basta, napitla.